This episode of Proper English is brought to you by Tea for Two and the idiom not for all the tea in China. How is it that we've not done an episode about drinking tea before, Ali? I know. I go on about it most episodes, don't I, Dave? You're not kidding. Last week, I was talking to my student Nancy in Hong Kong. Hi, Nancy. And we realised just how much there is to say on the subject. And the week before, I was talking to Herman in China. Hi, Herman. And he'd been practising a really fun presentation he'd made all about drinking tea in China. So now it's our turn. And you know, I'm going to kick things off with an idiom. What? I know. Just try and stop me. And I'm not even going to make it idiom of the week. Why not? Well. Because it's an idiom that we've discussed in episode 56 of series one. Ah. When something's not to our taste or it doesn't interest us, we can say, it's not my cup of tea. We can and we do. And yep, we really couldn't do an episode about tea and not mention it. (laughs) We really do say it. Yeah, it's an inoffensive way of telling someone you don't share their enthusiasm for something. I'm going to watch that documentary about paint drying later. Do you want to watch it with me? No, thanks. That sounds boring. Well, now, Ali's hurt my feelings. Sorry. Let's try again. I'm going to watch that documentary about paint drying later. Do you fancy watching it with me? Mm, It's not really my cup of tea, Dave. Fair enough. Let's bust some myths. Oh, let's. While it's true that the British drink an awful lot of tea... Approximately 100 million cups per day, according to tea.co.uk... Wow, that is a lot. While it is true that the (laughs) British drink an awful lot of tea, we are not connoisseurs. We're not. Often my students have this idea that we drink all sorts of interesting and special types of tea, Mm. when in fact the vast majority of those cups of tea are simple black tea. Now, even the term black tea can be confusing. Mm -hmm. For students in the Far East, you may want to think of red tea whenever we say black tea. Confused? Oh, we've only just begun. British people don't call black tea black tea, unless... Whatever they're drinking has no milk in it. So, at home, most people are unlikely to have more than two types of tea in their cupboard. Tea or Earl Grey tea. If you go to a tea shop... Which is more of a cafe rather than a shop. Or a tea room. Which is a cafe that specialises in tea. Yep. There you'll find a fabulous range of teas. Oolong, Lapsang Souchong, Assam, Darjeeling and so on and so on. But most people wouldn't keep those teas at home. Okay, so have we established what we mean when we say tea? I think we're nearly there. I suppose what people drink and call tea in the UK, the rest of the world calls English breakfast tea. Uh Aha! If someone comes to our house and we offer them a cup of tea, that is the default tea, and if we have Earl Grey, we might offer that. And if we as the guest don't want Earl Grey, we can say, no thanks, just normal tea. Or we sometimes say workman's tea or builder's tea. Ah, yeah. Because for some strange reason, builders and other workmen who come to the house aren't really expected to want the genteel taste of Earl Grey. It's a bit unfair, isn't it? Well, yeah. 
But what about all the fruit teas that are so popular these days? I love them. Oh, yuck. You mean the things that taste of lip balm? Oh, wait, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them taste a bit synthetic, I agree. But some are delicious. Moroccan mint, for example. Yeah, to be fair, there are a few I like. But they're infusions and they don't contain actual tea leaves. Or herbs. And yet we call them herbal tea. What do we like? Fancy a cuppa? Oh, yes, please. Pop the kettle on. The way we make tea has changed over the years. For instance, tea bags weren't a thing when I was a lad. Yeah, when I was a child, we put loose tea into a teapot and then left it for a few minutes to infuse. But we'd say we were leaving it to stew or to brew. Oh, you wouldn't say you were leaving it to stew. No? You leave it to stew and it becomes too strong. You leave it to brew. Okay, then. Ah. So, because you used loose tea, you had to remember to use a tea strainer or you'd end up with tea leaves in your cup. Ugh, yuck. And to keep the tea warm while it was stewing or brewing... Brewing. ...you'd put a tea cosy over the pot. Oh, yeah. It's hard to describe a tea cosy, isn't it? Well, yeah. They were often homemade, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Knitted ones were very popular. They were kind of like a warm hat for the teapot. I'll maybe post a couple of examples on our social media pages later. Did you ever try the tea cosy on? No. One day we were talking about it in my family and everyone admitted they'd put the tea cosy on their head when no one else was around. Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Scottish comedian Billy Connolly said, Never trust a man who, when left alone in a room with a tea cosy, doesn't try it on. Great quote. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And if you want to hear some more famous quotations, have a listen to Series 2, Episode 4. Now, whoever poured the tea might say, Shall I be mother? And would pour everyone's tea, not just their own. Did you have cups and saucers for tea when you were younger, or mugs? Oh, we had cups and saucers out if we had company. Visitors. We used cups and saucers for many years for tea, but if we were having coffee, we'd have it in a mug. Fancy a brew? As we say up north, love one. Now, another myth about the British is that we have afternoon tea every day. Ah, yes, lots of us like afternoon tea, but it's a treat to take your time over, not an everyday meal. It consists of a range of sandwiches, maybe salmon and cucumber, egg and cress, or ham and mustard. Yeah, and they have to be cut into small, dainty shapes. Oh, yeah, with the crusts cut off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the best bit, cake. Lots of cake. Oh, yes, Usually some kind of sponge cake, but there's always several. And of course, scones. Or scones. (laughs) We talked about the scone-scone argument in episode 21. Scones aren't quite a cake and not quite bread either. And you could say either. Uh, They usually have sultanas in them. (laughs) You cut them in half and spread butter, jam and clotted cream on them. They are particularly popular like this in Cornwall and Devon. And the Cornish and Devonshire folk argue about which order to put the jam and the cream onto the scone. Us Brits, we love a petty argument, don't we? I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) But you're absolutely right. No, I'm not. (laughs) 
We didn't mention it earlier, but we even argue about putting milk into our tea. Oh, yes. I would say most Brits have milk in their tea. Yep, I'm sure you're right. But the argument is whether to put the milk into the cup and then the tea, or the other way round. Well, tea then milk, obviously. Obviously. Pre-lactarian or post-lactarian? Oh. Ah. More tea, Vicar. Oh no, what have you done? Nothing, actually. It's a humorous expression some people use. Blimey, how are we going to explain this? Hmm, fair question. This has a few cultural references. Let's try. Middle class people, not so much these days, would sometimes invite the vicar round for afternoon tea. It was a way of showing your respectability to everybody else in the neighbourhood. Mm-hmm. Now, if there was an embarrassing moment, for example, the conversation had run dry and there was an awkward silence. Or if grandma's false teeth slipped out. Or worst case scenario, somebody passed wind. Oh, now that is embarrassing. To try and take the attention away from the situation, the host or the hostess would offer the vicar a cup of tea. More tea, vicar. <laughs> I wonder if it ever actually happened. Who knows? The point is, though, that us Brits get that reference and so we can drop it into the conversation to make other people laugh. (laughs) And now it's time for Idiom of the Week. Idiom of the Week? If we are offered something that we really don't want, we can say, not for all the tea in China. It can be a genuine offer or something hypothetical. For example, Ali, would you want to be... The Prime Minister. Oh no, what an awful responsibility. I wouldn't be Prime Minister for all the tea in China. Now, Dave. Yes, Ali. Are you going to take your driving test? No, that was a horrible experience. What about if I buy you a Tesla? Nope, I'm never taking a driving test again. Not for a Tesla car, not for all the tea in China. China being a producer of tea has it in enormous quantities. So all the tea in China would be worth a lot of money, but still might not be enough to persuade you to do something you don't want to do, like take a driving test. Oh. And here we are at the end of another episode of Proper English. As always, we hope you've had fun listening in on our conversation. What do you like most about Proper English? The ending. Do you like episodes that focus on grammar? Or do you prefer it when we talk about British culture, for example? Have you remembered that you can get our episodes on YouTube too? You won't see our gorgeous faces, but you can get subtitles, which could be useful. Whether you're a new listener or a regular subscriber, why not get in touch with us? You can email us at properenglish or one word at sapo.pt or you can ask us questions on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook if you have them. And it's worth bearing in mind that every episode we've done is available out there, not just the latest ones, so you can listen to everything we've ever done as many times as you like. So until next time, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me too. And thank you for listening to Proper English. English.
Who said this? A woman is like a tea bag. You can't tell how strong she is until you put her in hot water.